Alright, okay! Alright, ignore the hum. Ignore the hum, it's the Media Boat Podcast, your source for humming, but also for news about movies, television, video games, and music, not necessarily in that order, but in some order um, thereof. It's Uh, there. Yeah, today is August 21st, 2019. It is the dog days of summer, everybody. Oh, you can tell because we are sweating like a dog. Yes. Um, And feeding the dog. And with our yo-yos, we are walking the dog. Maybe. Uh, Episode 189 of the Media Boat Podcast today. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. I'm Mike. He's Matt. Normally we like to draw this out, but... We got a lot of stuff to get There is Sony everywhere around us. <laughs> if you have not been on the internet, congratulations, too. <laughs> Sony is everywhere in your news feed and the Twitter sphere and yeah. literally everywhere. Everyone is talking about Sony for different reasons. And we'll get to all of those reasons. So let's get to it. First of all, is we just start with movies and we always start movies with the weekend box office numbers and wow. What a surprise. Alright, so we kind of miscalled this. Oh, I think everybody probably did, because everybody underestimated the good boys. Yes. Uh, Those good, good boys. Oh, you got some good, good boys? Yeah, these are the good boys. Okay, so yes, Seth Rogen produced good boys being bad boys, but they're good boys. I've heard this movie described as uh, super bad, but with tweens. That doesn't make it even any better. No. But apparently it made people see it to the tune of $21 million, making it number one this week. It it was a $20 million production, so hey, so made, that that will make a profit, probably? Yeah, eventually. Eventually. Uh, we will definitely get into what makes a profit and what doesn't eventually. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. But yeah, that beat uh, Hobbs and Shaw entering its second week, uh, this week at number two, dropping down from one, with another $14 million. That's at $133 million domestic right now. Ew. Yeah, not, not great for that's a not great. movie, but okay for a summer movie. No, that's not good, considering it was $200 million to make? Yeah. No. Yeah, that's a flop. That's Well, budget-wise, yes. Number three, The Lion King is still trying to log $12 million to add to its 496 total domestic. So that will cross 500 domestic. Yes, that's 500 domestic. The only movie to beat it so far this year is, of course, Avengers Endgame. Yeah, of course. Of course. The number one movie of all time now. Yes. So it makes sense. Um, number four, the Angry Birds movie 2 debuted to a measly $10 million, despite oh, 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 extremely oh. strong reviews. Oh, so this is what we were talking about. I called about. this, in a way, not that it wasn't, like, not that it would be You kind of called it being number one, but I you did it say... being a surprise price. critical hit. Yeah. Because, yeah, reviews of, of this thing are surprisingly positive. For right, well, we did know Anna last time when Angry Birds came out that yeah. we enjoyed it, yeah, it but bad. it was, you know, still an Angry Birds movie. Uh, people saying that this is better than the first, so... Uh, Hi, guys! We have viewers! Hey, we have viewers. Hey, we have viewers. Yeah, Hi, guys! And then, number five, wrapping up the top five this week, Scary Stories Tell in the Dark made another $10 million dollars. That thing's sitting at $40 million domestic. A reasonable hit, probably reasonable considering it's low-budget. Yeah, it's a so, low-budget horror hit. A horror hit the, during the summer. Probably smart time to release it. Yeah. Made it okay money. And those are your top five movies. If you're wondering about some um, uh, leftovers. Wait, other movies there were other movies about. that came out this past weekend. Yeah, some other movies. Uh, we were way wrong about 47 Meters Down Uncaged. The sequel to 47 Meters Down. 
only earned $8 million and clocked in at number seven. Yeah, we thought that was going to be number one, remember? It is not. Oh, it's are we wrong? Not. Number 10, down at number 10, Blinded by the Light, which I understand you have seen. Yes. Uh, came in at uh, $4 million. And then right underneath it, the other debut from last week, Where'd You Go, Bernadette, earning $3 million. Uh, oof, yikes. Yeah, but that's an independent film so it wasn't gonna make based off a book, anyway. so you, assumption it wasn't going to make any if, money. If uh, you've seen any of those movies and that we haven't talked about and you want to uh, say something about them, please email us, mediabookpodcast at gmail.com. I'm just trying to get in more plugs for people to engage with the show. Yes. And tell us about stuff that we missed. Tell us if there's something out there that we should see, and maybe we'll check that out for you. Anyway. Uh, let's move on to the new releases for this weekend. All right, what am I seeing this weekend? I don't know what you're seeing, but here are the new releases in theaters. Ready or not? Here I come. Uh, what is ready or not? Uh, hide and seek. No, that's a different movie. No, no, it's literally hide and seek. No, no, no. Oh, is this movie about hide and seek? No, this movie is about a bride who is gets married to a. Tag? Yeah, it's about a bride <laughs> who gets married into a family. Okay. And then, like, the day of their wedding, or day after the wedding, everyone's at the family's estate, but it's all a murder hunt as they try and kill the bride. Whoa. What? Supposedly, it's gotten good reviews. Okay. Well, ready or not, in theaters uh, this weekend. Yeah, ready or not, here it comes. Next up, Angel Has Fallen, your big uh, uh, action This is your threequel. Yeah. Um, uh, in the vein of Olympus has fallen. Yes. And London has fallen. Right. Well, now Something Angel has fallen. What is Angel uh, being referred to there? Angel is being referred to the code name of Gerard Butler's character. Got it. Okay. And then lastly, who is still weekend, protecting Morgan Freeman as the president? I figure. Yeah. And then lastly, this weekend, Overcomer. This is about someone who I don't know overcomes. Yes, this is a religious movie, I want to say. Okay. It's high school track and field cross country, co-starring... Well, I get it. Anna... Overcomer, okay. Co-starring Anna Kendrick. Anna Kendrick. She's in the film. Okay. Alright. Don't expect that to be... Don't expect that to chart. Yeah. That is your new releases, which means that we are done with that section of the show, which means we can move on to something you've seen... Tell me about Blinded by the Light. Were you, indeed, Blinded by the Light? So, I'm going to talk about Blinded by the Light. You didn't answer my question. Um, well, no, it was a darkened theater, so the light actually helped. Oh, okay. So it was the opposite. Yes. There was an opposite of Blinded by the Light. That's what you mean. Yes, I was Given sight. And it it was not blinding. Okay. I was not blinded by it. Good. Okay, what... So, recap what this is. This is Bruce Springsteen-related... Uh, blinded by blinded, blinded, blinded by the light is uh, based off of Bruce Springsteen's songs from his uh-huh. first three albums. Based Do you want to call them albums? Because they're on cassettes, sure. so albums. Oh come on, they were albums. <laughs> they, they weren't just on cassettes. I know. Um, is this like records? When you say based on the songs, is this a a across the universe scenario? No, this is a based on a true story scenario. It's about a... What do you mean? What? I'm confused. Okay, what I'm asking is, is this a song that has... Or some movie, sorry. 
movie that has the Bruce Springsteen songs in it, or is this a story about Bruce Springsteen? Neither. What? Well, yes, it's oh, uh, yes, it's a story that has Bruce Springsteen songs in it, okay. but they only sing, I think, two of them in okay. a large musical number. Okay, it's not yes. necessarily a musical. It's just no, inspired by his music. Yes, and that's actually a good segue because that's what this movie is about. Being inspired by music, being uh, inspired by lyrics, and overcoming your own like life, and how music can be that one thing to break free of that, to be able to express yourself. Uh, the director of this film also directed uh, Bendit Like Beckham. Uh, and she's been trying to get this film made for the past ten years. Well, she finally did it, and I enjoyed it. I liked its message. I liked the fact that, even though it was about Bruce Springsteen, it wasn't set in the U.S., even though it was about, or the songs, it was Bruce, Bruce Springsteen was the main driving factor of it. The main character was Pakistani, wasn't white, came from a completely different background, and basically was anything but what you think of someone who listens to Bruce Springsteen's music. And yet, throughout the film, I understood the whole message about music transcending not just it being either American music or being music for certain type of people. It's just music that influences people. Music that touches you. That music that goes beyond borders that touches, that makes you feel something in your soul that drives people to to succeed, to do something with their life than wow. being stuck in a rut. Seems heavy. It is very heavy, but <laughs> it's also very light. The themes are very heavy, but the, the way it goes about it, the songs that they choose, the whole um, aesthetics, the whole theme of it, mm-hmm. is very light because the whole A-plot is about the family. Bruce Brace is really the B-plot. <laughs> and then there's a C-plot... About racial tensions in London in the 80s. Racial tensions or Rachel tensions? Um, Like tensions about someone named Rachel. There is no one named Rachel. Okay. I believe. But no, racial tensions. As during the. uh, During Britain in the. During Britain. During Britain's late 80s period with Margaret Thatcher, Uh they had the whole NF Mm -hmm. um, scenario, which, you know. Oddly enough, we're kind of experiencing in our time right now, <laughs> even though that was 30 years ago. Don't know how well that was played into it, but it was definitely a theme played on throughout the film that worked well with Bruce Springsteen's music and just shows that his lyrics are timeless. His lyrics can reach generational gaps. They can Anyone going through anything can find something in music. Not necessarily just Bruce Springsteen's music, but music in general, in media in general, to find something to basically want more out of life. Uh-huh. It's a really good movie um, that hits on these themes, okay. but it's not really a movie that you, most people would go and seek out. Well, yeah, which is I mean, why it's not it's, being advertised at all. I've heard nothing about it except from, from you. Uh, I've only been seeing it advertised as... Bruce Springsteen's music, also ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that's a pretty high rating, then. Yeah. All right. Uh, cool. 
Uh, on the beast so boat? On the scale? You on said our it's pet a scale? Um, I would stream it, actually. Oh, okay. As good as I'm saying that this movie is, yeah. it doesn't necessarily give me that I need to see this in a theater experience. It's not necessary for the experience. No. They did a lot of good stuff with uh, camera techniques. They did stuff with projections, a little good stuff with 80s uh, decor and um, staging and set, set direction. Uh-huh. But nothing in the film is like, you have to go out there and see it because of this. If you love Bruce Springsteen music, this movie's for you. If you love family drama, this movie's for you. I love family. No, that's not true. <laughs> anyway. Okay. I, yeah, uh, anyways, it's cool. a good I'm glad it's film. Good. I'm glad it's, it's a good film. I don't think it's necessary for everyone. Mm-hmm. I had two older ladies sitting next to me talking throughout the whole film. <laughs> <all> the <time. laughs> that's, how they, that's how they engage with they're like, oh, I remember that. Yeah, we were doing that. It's like, yeah, and then that was that. It's like, oh, look at Bruce Priestley. Yeah, I love this song. Da, 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 da. It's like, uh, uh, movie, hello. Try to watch this movie Try to watch a movie here. Don't mind me. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, but that didn't hinder my experience. I still enjoyed the film. Okay. Uh, did you see anything else before we move on to movie news? Uh... No. All right. Uh, there's just a lot of themes for that film, though. Like family dynamics, finding your voice, mm-hmm. finding out who you are, coming of age. It's a real, it has a lot of themes going on. And you know how I like my layers. It's got a lot of layers in the <laughs> film. And I know I'm kind of like keep going on and on this, but. No, it's okay. You sold one person. I oh. have a, a fan, a uh, uh, viewer here. <laughs> I love my layers. Oh, uh, watching right now that uh, says that now she's interested and she wants to see it. So yeah. there you go. It's really good. It's really well done. And I makes me kind of want to see more from her. From uh, the director. Great. Okay, uh, let's move on then. We have a bunch of movie news to talk about, so let's get rolling right into it. All right, so the big news, well, we'll get to the big news, but this weekend, this week of news was dominated by Sony. Yeah, uh, Sony had a big week. Sony Pictures uh, had a big week uh, elsewhere in the corporate world we'll get to later. Uh, but first thing first, uh, we have finally, at long last, have a name for the 25th James Bond picture. Can we stop calling it Bond 25? Finally, thank God, stop referring to it as Bond 25. Alright, so, is it anything like Skyfall? Uh, I think it's better than Skyfall. This is a James Bond-ass James Bond title. Okay, so what is the title of this James Bond's-ass James Bond title? No Time to Die. Thank you, Mr. Bond. <laughs> no Time to Die. No Time to Die. Which I think die. is great. I mean, that is a pretty Bond name. It fits in the lineage pretty well. I mean, you have several other Bond films that also use Die in the title. Yes. Like, like uh, Live Free die or Die Hard. Day. That's not a Bond movie. I know. Uh, uh, die Another Day. Die Another Day. Um, uh, you Only Live Twice. Well, yes. That has to do with death, correct? Yes. Um, uh, Tomorrow Never Ends. Tomorrow Never Dies. Quantum of Quantum Never Dies. Quantum of Solace. That's Long Times. T- you don't know these. Never mind. Let's move on. <laughs> Clearly. Okay. So Clearly, yes, I am a Bond aficionado. Apparently, Bond Twenty Five has the title No Time to Die. Will hit theaters on April eighth. It will be directed by Kerry Fukunaga. Wow, I messed that up. Fukunaga, yes. who is the director of Beast of No Nation and Maniac. And uh, we'll see Daniel Craig once again as James Bond, who comes out of retirement. 
to rescue a kidnapped scientist that leads him on the trail of a mysterious villain played by Rami Malek. Hey, Freddie Mercury. Yeah, Freddie Mercury. I mean, so, hey, Mr. Robot. All of the above. I mean, hey, guy from Venom. Hey, guy from Venom. Uh, yes, the doctor also really enjoyed um, huh? Blinded by the Light. Good to know. Yes. Uh, more, more support there. Uh, so that's uh, two people who really are really enjoyed it. Or potentially you may. Uh, but yeah, uh, so how do you feel about uh, uh, Bond? Are you ready for another Bond movie? Uh, supposedly this will be J- D- James Craig. Daniel Craig's last role as James Bond. Uh-huh. Supposedly. Supposedly. We said that last time. We've been saying that fair. since Skyfall. Like, maybe. Yeah. Like, maybe. Wait, there was one after Skyfall, wasn't there? Uh, No. Yes? Yes, there was. What the hell was that movie called? Um, wasn't there one after Skyfall? Yes, because uh, there was a... It was a... Oh, God. It's, it's... Spectre. Spectre, thank you. Yes. I did not see it. So Clearly, a very terrible movie. Apparently, you didn't either. No, I saw it. But <laughs> it's just that Skyfall had the way better opening with... That Adele, uh, Adele song. song. Yeah, that Adele song. Yeah. All right. Not the Sam Mendes. But that's not, not the only uh, uh, announcement that Sony Pictures made this week. What no. else did Sony Pictures make? Here's another Sony Pictures hit for you. They're planning a sequel to the breakout hit Searching, starring John Cho, which was bought at Sundance for $5 million and then went on to grow $75 million worldwide. I'd say that's a profit. I'd say. A new plot and cast will be set for the sequel with the original creative team returning to produce. This was the John Cho solo, uh, basically solo starring film, as the whole thing was shot from a computer's perspective as live-streamed perspective. Everything was like digital, right, yeah. watching on the screen. It was all on the, TV, on the computer screen. On the computer yeah. screen. I was listening to a podcast just today with... Somebody was saying that they watched it and thought it was very good. So. Yes, was that our podcast from a year no, ago? It wasn't. But, oh. <laughs> but yes. No. Uh, 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 a viewer uh, is saying that they just are waiting for Idris Elbow James Bond. Oh, sorry. He's too street. That's oh, sorry. We can't stop using that. <laughs> you can stop saying that. I can stop that. saying that. That, 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 that was a part of the Sony leak that came out four right. years ago. No, I, I still hope that that could happen someday, but not as long as Daniel Gregg keeps. Begrudgingly joining the, pro- yeah, the project. Yeah, but would you rather have a younger Bond who can fulfill that role for a long time? No. Say, no, I would not. No, you just I want would not rather. You just want old old James Bond. Yes, give me, give me Idris Elba because he can still do it. I, see, because I would go on with uh, John Boyega. John Boyega is not a bad pick either, actually. Because he can actually like be in that role for a good ten years. He could. He one hundred percent could. Right. He's got a big franchise on his hands already. Wait until that's over. Uh, next year. <laughs> yeah. He, I believe he's like in the middle of wrapping that up. I'm done with, almost done with that. Yes. All right. Uh, and then, of course, in other news, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home is now Sony's highest grossing film ever, beating out the aforementioned Skyfall. Yes. Uh, this uh, has left Sony feeling pretty invincible with Spider-Man, which, of course, brings us to our big story. Yes. Uh uh, Spider-Man Far From Home crossed $1.2 billion. That's a B. Yes, meaning that Sony now has officially one film that crossed the billion-dollar mark. It's just one. Yes, so compare that with Disney, who made five movies 
in oh. the billion dollar mark. Our viewer also suggests Sterling K. Brown. But he's American. So? We need to have a British. Yeah, I guess. British James Bond. I mean, we already gave up British Spider-Man. Twice. That's <laughs> true. And he's super it's American. Trade. It's a trade. We get a... We get a uh, yes. For those of you who don't know, both Spider-Man Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland are super British. Oh, I knew that. I know. Most people don't. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's then now finally talk about the big uh, story this week, which I really don't want to talk about. So, Marvel, you the said. That happened this week. So, you yes, said Spider-Man. Marvel. About Spider-Man. If you have been on the internet for longer than five minutes this week, you will know that in shocking news... Well, since yesterday, technically. Spider-Man, the the character, the current character in the current Marvel Cinematic Universe, may not be in that universe for too much longer. Tom Holland is being taken back to his angry step-mother? Step-dad? Step-dad. The angry step-dad... Yeah. That is Sony, and saying you can no longer hang out with Disney mom and stepdad <laughs> Kevin Feige. Right. No. Okay. So here's what happened. Uh, basically, after taking in 1.1 billion, as we just said, in the box office, uh, Kevin Feige won't be serving as producer on any further Spider-Man film because of an inability by Disney and Sony Pictures to reach new terms that would have given. Disney a co-financing stake going forward for future films. Now, you yourself mentioned this in the aftermath of Far From Home. Yes. You said that d- depending on how successful this was, this would give uh, Disney leverage when uh, deciding terms on future Spider-Man movies. Right. As I mentioned, I think last week or the week before, when when Far From Home finally hit the $1 billion mark, or it was like $100 million away from it, it was creeping up, uh, that According to like sources, uh, the original contract was set for five films of Spider-Man, and we got five films of Spider-Man: Civil War, Homecoming, uh, Infinity War, Endgame, and uh, Far From Home. Now there is rumored to be a conditional sixth film should one should one of the two solo Spider-Man films hit a billion dollars. That's a rumor. That was never confirmed. That's just and a rumor. Apparently, that wasn't the case because yeah. these talks broke down, and that wasn't that didn't happen. Yes. Yeah, so it was. So the contract was: we hit five films, we renegotiate. If you hit a billion dollars, maybe we'll get the sixth one. Yeah. Under the same terms of the contract. Well, doesn't look like it. At least as things are going right now. So. So, who messed up where? So we'll find out. But yeah, so Tom Holland's Spider-Man has been, as you said, in five MCU films to date, with another two films in the works with John Watts possibly returning to direct. But none of that's been signed. No deals have actually been confirmed. Uh, Tom Holland has been signed. John but, Watts has not been yeah. signed. But looking like this won't happen anyway, so it won't matter who's signed. Right. Uh, the deal came to a standoff with Disney asking that future Spider-Man uh, films be a 50-50 co-financing agreement. But talks that deal extending to other films in the Spider-Man universe. Uh, Sony turned that offer down. Came back with an extension, though, of the current deal, where Disney receives five percent of the first dollar gross. That is five percent of opening weekend. Correct. That's we've been getting this wrong. It's not five dollar. It's not five percent of the yeah. total gross. It's five percent of opening, opening weekend. weekend. 
Disney has tasked Feige with developing the X-Men and Fantastic Four into the MCU. The other, formerly Sony-owned... Nope. Right? No, the Fox... Fox. The former Fox, the former Fox stuff. Uh, and would rather put their time there instead of Spider-Man, where they wouldn't see as much of a profit. Yes. They would rather make things in-house that they guaranteed a billion dollars That for. they can guarantee yeah. we're going to keep all money right. instead of splitting... So really, this is a, uh, a classic example of uh, studio hubris, and on both sides. Sony doesn't want to give away their billion dollar baby. They finally made a billion dollars, they're like, no, we're not going to ha- go halvesies with Disney just because they make better movies than we do with these characters. No, we're going to hog it all to ourselves, bring spy- a, a presumably new Spider-Man, into the Venom-verse that they're setting up right now, mm-hmm. and then own all the profits themselves. But, with the gamble, of course, being, will those movies be any good, and will anybody care? The Disney side of things would rather focus on characters that people love that aren't Spider-Man, where, like you said, they're guaranteed to hog all the money. Uh, I think I have the rest of Sony's quote there, right? Yeah, so right, you so, have the quote here. So, Sony came out and made a statement yes. uh, late last night, early today, yeah, late last night, uh, came out and made a Twitter statement that kind of muddied the waters a bit, at least in my perspective. Yeah, so Sony said uh, they respo- their official response was, We are disappointed, but we respect Disney's decision not to have him continue as a lead producer, uh, Feige being the him here, yep. um, have him continue as a lead producer of our next live-action Spider-Man film uh, later on. It's, he says, uh, they say, Disney has given Feige many new responsibilities that do not allow time for him to work on IP. They do now own. They do not own. Or the, you have this typo there. Then. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, uh, so Sony's uh, being a little uh, feisty there. This is Sony basically throwing shade at Disney saying, well, you don't own Spider-Man. Yeah. You will never own Spider-Man. Just waving it in their face. Yeah, it's like, Here's Spider-Man. You will never have him. He is ours. As long as they make a Spider-Man film every three years, a Spider-Man-esque film, yeah. uh, every three years, those right, those movie rights will remain at Sony. Doesn't matter if they're good, box office release, whatever. Yeah. As long as they make them, they still retain the rights. So, yeah. Um, overall, yeah, I think that the, the both studios have their best interests in minds in this decision. Um, and really, the people who get hurt are the fans of the Disney MCU. Like, those are the people getting hurt here. And But neither studio really cares, because Disney knows that the fans are going to return even if they never see Spider-Man again. Well, They're not going to go away. They're not gonna, yeah. You're not going to see a boycott of the next Marvel movie just because the fans are upset about Spider-Man. No, this is going to be over. No, you're, so here's where things get interesting. Um, this is all the excess backstory to the story right. that I, you know, did unhealthy amount of research on. <laughs> <laughs> Emphasis on the unhealthy. Okay, so first point. The guy who leaked this story from uh, Hollywood Deadline is Deadline from Deadline Hollywood, Hollywood Deadline, <laughs> is Sony's direct uh, PR person that they go to for leaks. Okay. So, despite all the rumors out there that this is Disney putting it out, this is most likely Sony putting it out, 
to show how greedy Disney is, <laughs> saying, hey, Disney's asking for 50%. Yeah. So look how greedy they are. Plus, they get all of the merchandising rights, and they have the TV rights, and uh, music rights, and everything. Yeah. All the rights, except for film, isn't Disney and being... Games, and isn't Disney <laughs> being <laughs> greedy? <laughs> isn't Disney being greedy here, asking for 50%? And I think the answer to that is complicated. I oh, think the it is. easy answer is yes because they're a Greek corporation. The the more complicated answer is is that like they probably think that they have the leverage just based on the success of the ones they make. Their I mean their leverage is Spider Man Homecoming is or when it when it came out and was done, the second highest grossing Spider Man film right. ever. And now they made um, Spider-Man Far From Home, which is Sony's highest-grossing film ever. Yeah. Highest-grossing Spider-Man ever. They know how to make hits. They know how to yeah. make Spider-Man work. I could imagine that boardroom, the Disney people, just reiterating, like, you can't make one like we can. It, it's like, like, it's like, like here's your here's your stacks of money that you've yeah. made. Here's the stacks of money we made. All they have to do is point at Venom. All they have to do is say, look at Venom. This thing did not perform even close to our MCU movies. Yes. But I'm glad you brought up Venom mm-hmm. because even though it didn't make, even though it only made eight hundred million dollars worldwide, still not bad. It was still a profit. Yes. For Sony, seeing as that film was made for a hundred million dollars, so assume that eight hundred million dollars, um, industry standard, everything gets split between theaters and uh, distribution. So Sony gets four hundred million dollars. Take out the one fifty. Uh, a million dollars for um, production costs, plus an additional fifty million for marketing. You're still left out of that four hundred with uh, three hundred with three hundred million dollars, rough, roughly. I know I messed that up. Math. Two two fifty, two fifty three hundred million dollars. Sure. Now, <laughs> would you rather have that three hundred million dollars or have to split that in half? Right. And take only a hundred and fifty million dollars. That's mm. where it is because ultimately this is a business. As much as we keep like one of the, our pull string phrases on this podcast well, is one of yours, one of mine <laughs> is it's a business. Right. And with Sony seeing that, hey, why would we risk making one hundred million dollars when we can still make three hundred million dollars? Yeah. It's what I was saying earlier. Ultimately, these are two studios realizing that. There's better ways of making money themselves. That they do not. That this partnership is not re- required. Is not going to be something going forward that they need to make money. Well, Sony needed to get a Spider-Man reboot done right. Yeah. Which is why In the previous deal. What I'm saying yeah. is, going forward, they now know. Right. That's why they, they made the need, deal. They don't need it like they did. Right. Yeah. Going forward, now they. They have an established Spider-Man in Tom Holland. They have an established uh, anti-hero, not the anti-hero, yeah. in Tom Hardy and Venom. And also, a bunch, apparently, a big uh, major plot point at the end of Far From Home that now will mean literally nothing. Oh, see, <laughs> I have already figured that out. Okay, you have. Yes. So, uh, spoiler alert here: at the end of Far From Home, the secret is revealed that. Peter Parker. Okay, real quick. 
if you do not want Far From Home spoilers, if you've not seen it yet, uh, fast forward it's five minutes about, in the show. It's been about five minutes. Okay. It's been about five months, five minutes. All right, come back later. All right. Anyway, spoiler. All right, so spoiler. At the very end of Spider-Man Far From Home in the post credit sequence, uh, it is revealed that Mysterio makes a video, and Daily Bugle posts it online, that reveals Spider-Man is Peter Parker. Now, here's how you get around that. You you take it from there, you pick it from there, that, oh my god, everyone knows I'm Peter Parker, what am I going to do? You move, literally move 3,000 miles <laughs> across the country <laughs> to San Francisco, uh-huh. where who else is there? But Eddie Brock and Venom. Uh-huh. And you have... You, meet, you unite those universes. Unite those universes there with Spider-Man swinging from the Golden Gate Bridge. I mean, yes. They probably will... You're probably right because that's probably what they will do. It's stupid. Oh, it's stupid. But that they won't have really an option. The other thing you do is that you just set it in L.A. It's still uh, tall buildings, right? Yeah. It's still tall buildings. Okay. It's still a city. So to kind of wrap this up because we can't talk about this forever. Oh, we can't talk about this forever. Yeah, but to kind of wrap this up, <laughs> I have one question. Answer. Uh, do you think that it w- is possible that enough outrage happens that they renegotiate? I think that Sony screwed up the negotiation. Uh-huh. When you come to the negotiating table, you always ask for more than you expect to receive. Right. So Disney when they did, did and Disney did, they asked for fifty yeah. percent. Which you know, if you ask for any more, clearly you're basically owning it at that right. point. Right. Yeah. No. So they you knew they couldn't. So they, they, they couldn't. Could, that was the highest deal they could. That's literally the ceiling. So you come to uh, in, to a negotiation saying, "I want the highest possible, and we'll work down from there." Right. So they said fifty percent. Sony basically got up and left and said no to the deal and didn't come back with a counter-offer. But, like I said, and instead the question goes straight is, to the press. do you think that the outrage, because I know there will be outrage because people are there idiots. There is already outrage. Yeah, because one's already started and two, because people are idiots. Do you think that that'll be enough? Um, yes. Because Disney has already employed a social media tactic by getting some of its actors yeah. to tweet out yeah. that Spider-Man needs to come back right. to the MCU. Right. Yep. Uh, uh, Jeremy, Renner, Jeremy Renner already made a post about <laughs> it. Was it on his Jeremy Renner social media app? Yes. <laughs> we don't even have time to talk about that no. today, but that is something that happened this week. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but it's him on Vormir <laughs> with the lost face after he lost Natasha but you know now it's being taken as oh my god now I lost Spider-Man yeah um god. yeah saying I basically saying hey Sony come on give us Spider-Man back what the we hell is going many. on with Jeremy Renner by the way just like in general oh we're gonna get to that in music oh boy <laughs> well we won't actually no but, we won't but yeah he but has a music like career said, now I don't have time to talk about it today but yeah what the hell is going on with that guy Anyway. Okay, uh, let's see. Isn't there a petition to keep Spider-Man in the MCU? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, the fans will have tactics including petitions, social media. Like, like they're going to try everything they got. Well, yeah. Also, aren't you around that I now know what the MCU is? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nice. Uh, but, no, yeah. Um, yeah, there's online petitions already. There's even an online petition to remake Star Wars uh, the Last Jedi, and yeah. we saw how well that went. 
Yeah, uh, online petitions do not have a high chance of happening. Ever. But that being said, this, uh, businesses like Disney have uh, or Sony have succumbed to lesser threats. So we'll right. see uh, ultimately what happens here. But yes, I am round. I mean proud. <laughs> <laughs> I mean personally, I, I'm a little conflicted here. Like I uh, enjoy a lot what they've uh, with what they've done with the Spider-Man character in yes. the MCU. I haven't seen Homecoming or Far From Home, but I have seen the. Uh, collaboration movies yeah. with Spider-Man Civil character. War and, they, and he's War. an entertaining addition to the team the other half of me is like yeah but does Disney really need to have that character along with literally everything else in the world well seeing <laughs> as they kind of use Spider-Man as a launching point for going forward in they the did. MCU yes and they, they I mean, he was their their uh, epilogue and, and now they can't so we'll see um, yeah, ultimately, I mean, we'll have updates with this as it goes on, but uh, for now, uh, this will have long-lasting effects on uh, Why, yes, franchises. there was also a petition to replay the NFC Championship game. <laughs> that also, <laughs> that, that did happen, and that didn't happen. Yeah. Anyway, I we need to move on, finally, to a different uh, section. What do you mean? I have more to talk about on no, this. No, we have to move on. I literally have more to talk about. Yeah, we, we have to move on. Oh, right. Okay, we'll, we'll, like I said, we'll cover more as it happens. Yes, when we actually get news, um, this may be a case of a James Gunn scenario yeah, where a back. year later they'll say that Spider-Man's coming back and, yeah. oh, it was all a big publicity stunt, but it wasn't, but it was. But we'll see. But, yeah, now you're super excited for Spider-Man, so you're definitely going to go see it now. What else it means is that we get to move on to television. All right, television. We always start TV with sports, so let's get rolling with some quick sports hits. All right. The Little League World Series is in the quarterfinals today with the finals on Sunday whoop, whoop. on ABC. Little League World Series. Yes. The kids. Uh, how are the kids from Fullerton doing? Uh, that is not the same, actually. That's not the same? No. So, the kids from Fullerton were the Little League World Series Juniors Division. Oh, that's a Juniors Division. Not the Majors Division. Uh, They were in the uh, 13 and 14-year-olds, not the 10 and 12-year-olds. Who are competing in the the Majors here? Uh, Hawaii is still in it. Virginia is still in it. Louisiana is still in it. And Rhode Island is still in it. Okay, well, tune in on Sunday on ABC to see the finals of those games. Yes, uh, yes, where they will take on... One of the international teams for the World Series, an actual World Series, yes. unlike MLB, right. which basically World Series used Just to means the United States and one Canada team. No, it no longer includes one Canada team. Oh, that's right. The Expos are no more one thing. like halfway Canada team. Remember, there's that deal. Yes, where the Tampa Bay <laughs> will play half in Canada. Yeah. Yes, one half Canada. One half. Well, in other sports, uh, college football, the NCAA football AP rankings were released. Yeah, they number were. Number five, Ohio State. Number four, Ohio well, Sorry, sorry. What was that? Number five. Sorry. Number five is the Ohio State. There you go. There go. They got that trademark. Number, or they're yes. filing for a trademark oh, for the Ohio State. Number four, Oklahoma. Number three, Georgia. Two, Alabama. Georgia. And the number one ranked Clemson. This is the first time in six years that Alabama has not, not been ranked number one. number one preseason. Man. I didn't roll as hard oh, this, no. this year. College football returns, by the way, this Saturday, August 24th, starting with Florida at uh, Miami. Uh, that is Miami of Florida. And, yes, you have to make the distinction because there is a Miami of Ohio. Oh, sorry, yes. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, college football is this weekend with Miami. Yes. It's, it's the Battle of the Panhandle. Yes. 
And meanwhile, in the UFC, new and returning heavyweight champion Stipe Miocic. Ha! I knew you'd say Stipe. Stipe. It's not Stipe. That's how it's per- that's how it's spelled. I know. That's not like how Michael it's Michael Stipe. Yeah, I know. R-E-M. It's stupid. That's dumb. It that's is stupid. It is. I say. But it's stupid. Stupid. Yeah. Miocic. Miocic. Stupid Miocic. Miocic. Uh, whose record is 19-3, uh, beats Daniel Cormier. Cormier? Cormier. Cormier. Uh, whose record is 22-2. Clearly, you know who these people are. I have no idea who these people are. Uh, yes, that's only Daniel Cormier's second loss ever. Wow. He's also the age of 40. He may retire. That he may not. Seems likely. <laughs> and lastly, the U.S. Open of what? Of tennis. Thank you. It's not to be confused with the U.S. Open of surfing. Uh, uh, starts on August 26th and continues yes. through September 8th. Yes, chat. There is a dash there. It's Stipe. Stipe. Yeah. Okay. Stipe. There's no dash Stipe. in the actual. I know, but that's how you say it. Uh, there is one other piece of <laughs> one other piece of sports news, okay. and that is the XFL. Uh huh. That's on, that's saw. on sports. Yes, it is. That's because entertainment. Well, the teams and cities have been announced for right, the XFL. They're hilarious. No, they always are. We have the Dallas Renegades. Okay. Cheap Renegades. Got it. The Houston Roughnecks. Um, okay. The L.A. Wildcats. That's, that's like already a team for a billion things. Yep. The New York Guardians. Okay. The St. Louis Battlehawks. Oh, all right. Seattle Dragons. <laughs> Tampa Bay Vipers. Okay. And DC Defenders. The DC Defenders. That's pretty good. Those aren't as silly as you made me think they were going to be. I don't know. But take a look at St. Louis Battlehawks and tell me if there's a lawsuit coming. Yeah, that looks like a thing already. That looks like a thing. Yeah. Their logo looks like a thing already. Yeah. I want to say it's the um, Master Chief Halo logo. It's close to the, the, the uh, yeah. USMC yeah, logo. Yeah, the USMC stuff. That's weird. Okay. I want to say that uh, it looks like it. It definitely looks like something that is uh, been used before, but maybe not. No. I don't know. All right, let's move on uh, into television news. We start television news proper with the wheel. Oh. No, we don't. No, we don't. You skipped one. I skipped one. You skipped one. It doesn't matter what order we do this. Time. No, it does because I put the pictures up here. Oh, fine. Before we talk about Wheel of Wheel Time, I guess we have to talk about YouTube. All right. So, YouTube, they don't do TV. Well... Yes, they do. They did. Well, yes. I guess. Uh, so, what is on the tube? What's the deal with the tube of views? Hey, remember YouTube Originals? Uh, I think it was YouTube Originals. Yes. I believe uh, it was Whispered. YouTube Originals was their program uh, that forced subscription uh, fee uh, to YouTube Red. Uh, YouTube, back when it was YouTube back when Red. It was called YouTube Red. You could watch shows like Cobra Kai, Impulse, Step Up, Colon, High Water, Mindfield, Foursome, and more. And more is not the name of the show, I'm just saying. Yes. They had other shows on YouTube Red or well, YouTube Premium now? Starting September 24th, all of those will now be streaming for free because. Uh, well, for free, in quotes, I guess. Uh, yeah. $12 a month. <laughs> well, let's see. It's $12 a month for ad-free because, if yes, you want to keep that YouTube premium. It will be rolled into YouTube premium. Uh, subscribers will get an ad-free viewing experience as well as 
immediate access to every episode in the show's new season, as well as director's cuts and bonus scenes. Non-paying viewers will still have to wait for each episode to be released to the public on a weekly basis, with ads included. Mm -hmm. So that's how they're doing this. Yes. Uh, so if you're already a subscriber, just like you used to, this is all still free and ad-free. Uh, and you get the dump right, uh, immediately. These will now become ad-supported for people who have not signed up for YouTube Premium. This comes as Google is shifting its focus away from scripted series to reality-driven projects headlined by celebrities and YouTube stars. Oh no, wait, is that us? They're pivoting to reality. Is that us, YouTube stars? We're not a YouTube star. We're on YouTube. We're, not, we're on YouTube. We're on we YouTube. We are stars in our own way, uh, but we are not YouTube stars. Oh. Okay. Anyway. Anyways. Uh, yeah, yeah, this makes sense. I mean, uh, I feel like scripted content was a boondoggle for them. They probably spent a lot of money that they did not see a lot of return for. That is the fourth time I've heard the term boondoggle, boondoggle today. today. Uh, boondoggle is a good word. I love boondoggle. Funny enough, it was when talking about YouTube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> YouTube has a lot of boondoggles. <laughs> now we get to talk about Wheel of of Time. Alright. So, prepare your mouth, because yes. these are some Names. Really, names here. Yes, the names coming up. All right, but Amazon. Yes, Amazon. Amazon is making a series based on Wheel of Time, and it has found its main cast. All right, who am I not watching? Joshua Stradowski, who I guess was in Just Friends, has been cast in the role of Randall Thor, with Marcus Rutherford, who I guess was in Obey, set to play Perrin Ibarra and Zoe Robbins. Who was, I guess, in Power Rangers Ninja Steel. One of those several Power Rangers. One of the several Power Rangers. <laughs> uh, is playing Nineveh. Close None of these. None of these. Nineveh. In addition, Barney Harris, finally a name I can say, uh, who I guess was in Billy, Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk, will play Matt Cowthon and Madeline Madden, uh, recently in Dora and the City of Lost Gold, will play. Egwin Alvere. This, of course, is based on Robert Jordan's best-selling fantasy novels, The Wheel of Time. It is set in a high fantasy world where magic exists, but only certain women are allowed to access it. The story follows Moraine, Rosamund Pike of Gone Girl, as she embarks on a dangerous world-spanning journey with five young men and women, one of whom is prophesied Dragon Reborn, or to be the Dragon Reborn. Uh, that's Mr. Stradowski. A powerful individual who will either save humanity or destroy it. Bum, bum, bum. Um, an adaptation of the Wheel of Time novels has been in development for, in one form or another, going back as far as 2000. They've been trying to make Wheel of Time happen for a while. But the projects mostly never made it past that stage. Though, there was a pilot episode for a series uh, uh, that was called, uh, the pilot was called Winter Dragon. It aired on FXX back in, way back in February of 2015. It starred Max Ryan and Billy Zane and aired at 1.30 in the morning <laughs> with no prior publicity. Basically something that thing that is set out to die. Yeah, the network had bought and then regretted. <laughs> uh. So yeah, um, I have no uh, reference for the real time. I bet it has its fans out there. I'm sure it has so again, fans out there. If you're a fan of the Wheel of Time and you're excited for this adaptation and you want to tell us your thoughts, email us at uh, at gmail.com. Or if you'd like to go check out the Wheel of Time and don't want to order from Amazon, go to your local, go library. To your local library. Yes, let's get a plug in for libraries. Get a boot They're boot for good. Get a woot woot for, for libraries? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, yeah, you get your woot woot. Woot woot, library. 
Alright, that is it for television news. Yeah. So you have no basis for the Wheel of Time. I know, like, no context for it. Well, this is Amazon's second high fantasy, seeing as they're already doing the Lord, Lord of the Rings. Rings. Yeah, they spent all their money on that. Yep, so will this be, instead be like the seek the the B team working on it then? Yeah. The the other crowd, your Lion King team working on it? Yeah. Instead of the Pocahontas? <laughs> yes, your B team. <laughs> pretty much. Alright, that's it for television news. Alright. Which means we get to move on to uh, some brief thoughts about stuff that we watched this week. Alright. Uh, real quick, briefly, on thoughts. First up, D23 is this weekend. That's not a television show, but we might as well mention it. I'm mentioning it now because expect a lot of Disney Plus streaming you gotta stuff. you got to woot woot from the library. i got to woot woot from the librarian. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, from an actual librarian. <laughs> an actual librarian. Uh, yes, D23 is this weekend in Anaheim, California, Convention Center. Yep. Um, expect fun fact, I went to the first one. Fun fact, they have it every other year. <laughs> yeah. That's also a fun fact. That's also a fun fact. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, expect a lot of news from Disney Plus, yep. as they'll probably be showing off either first looks during it, um, trying to get people to sign up, talk about all their Marvel stuff at Disney Plus, all the Star Wars stuff at Disney Plus, season two of Amphibia, season. you know the important things. Yes, important <laughs> things. Sorry. Uh, they will also <laughs> be doing the uh, what is it called Disney Hall of honor or something? Ooh. Oh, right, where they honor somebody who's been involved in the, the company, whether directly or, like, tangentially, and basically put them in the Hall of Fame, essentially. Yeah, Disney's, Disney's Hall of Fame. Disney. I so, forget what they call it. Yeah, it's an actual... Na- yeah, Hall of Mouse. Or, they have some name for it. There's yeah. an actual name for it, yeah, but I don't know... Shining uh, Star. I forget what it is. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> Mulan ming nin uh, You actress. butchered that name. Now I don't feel so bad. I know. Uh, but yeah, no, she uh, was the voice of Mulan and is currently starring on um, ABC's, or sorry, on Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ming-Na Wen? Yeah, Ming, yeah, yeah, that's it. Okay. Isn't that what I said? No. <laughs> you said Ming-Win Na. Nah. Nah. He <laughs> <laughs> got her name screwed up. Uh, it's anyway. just out of order. Anyways, yeah, I know that she's going to be honored because she's done both the yeah, animated voice and now on yeah. Disney's uh, ABC. Well, we'll see. Alright, uh, you also watched The Righteous Gemstones. Righteous! Righteous Gemstones. Is this a Steven Universe take a uh, spinoff that I don't know about? Uh, no, but I did make that joke several times. Oh, I bet. To what is the no righteous... applause, yeah, by the way. Contact. What is The Righteous Gemstones besides being some awesome pairs of rocks? Um, of socks? Rocks. Of rocks. Oh, okay. No. So, The Righteous Gemstones is the new TV show from... Uh, I, I always want to call him Kenny Powers. I know it's that, that guy. Yes. I know it's Danny McBride, Danny McBride. but it, Kenny Powers always comes to mind when I say that. But it's kind of funny because this is kind of like Kenny Powers and he's bound and down. Um, Danny McBride stars in The, the Righteous Gemstones with Adam Devine and... Weirdly enough, a uh, John Goodman. Okay, sure. Yeah, they they play. Uh, he's having quite a 2018, by the way, John Goodman. Secretly, yeah. kind of in the background, but he's having he's in a lot of stuff this year. Yeah, he's doing pretty good uh, for a good man. 
Uh, yeah, so it takes place in uh, South Carolina, where the three of them are pastors. Uh, John Goodman is the father to uh, Danny McBride and uh, Adam Devine. And weirdly enough, I enjoyed this pilot. I liked what they set up. Um, they play a bunch of pastors with um, basically big egos. It doesn't quite take like a, the pop shots that I thought it was going to be at just at people who are in that kind of like religious figurehead, yeah. where they obviously have like a shit ton of money yeah. to the point where they have three planes. You'd think there was some low hanging fruit there they could have made fun of. Oh no, there's definitely low hanging fruit they could have made fun yeah. of. Like, oh, clearly we don't believe in it, but we're just doing it. Right. No, like they generally be- believe in everything they're doing. Interesting. But at the same time are also being hypocrites about everything. Yeah. But yeah. they don't see it that way. They right. see it as doing it yeah, the righteous so, way. Yeah, they're so up in their own. They're so, yeah, head, they, they feel, yeah. yeah, they feel up there that everything they do is within their own head canon. that yeah. clearly everyone else looking at it from the outside in is like, well, that's wrong. We have uh, a, a South Carolinan saying, whoop, whoop, South Carolina. Yes, uh, yeah, um... <laughs> Dan McBride actually loved filming there so much, he actually moved there. Carolina? Carolinian? Is it Carolinian? Carolinian? Uh, Caroline. I think, I think it's... Uh, Sweet Ca- Caroline? Caroline, bop, bop, bop. Yeah, okay, got it. All right. Let's go uh, that. Yeah, so... Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Uh, they are the three main actors, but they have a daughter as well. Okay. Um, who is, I think, more, more funny in... Funnier. That's funnier? You can say it. Uh, oh, she's not funnier. <laughs> just her character is more funny <laughs> than the other three. That's literally what funnier means. Well, no, because what she does isn't more funny. Is it like isn't funnier? Like her lines aren't funnier, but the way she acts and the way she, she her movements are more funny than They're it should funnier. be. They're more funny than they should be. Yeah, I think you're overthinking this. Maybe. Anyway. Anyway, <laughs> anyways, she's she plays a daughter that is basically um, shoot away. It's like, oh, you're just the daughter. You you're not. You can't be a yeah. preacher. You can't be involved in the family. But she so like wants to be that she basically is like the secretary, accountant, knows everything, but is never like the face of every, anything. Mm-hmm. It's really funny, really good. And what is the song? This is HBO. HBO. Uh, this also de- This is also HBO's highest comedy debut in three years. That, of course, being Barry two years ago. Car- Carolinian. 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 Okay, Carolinian. I can get behind that. Uh, but no, the Righteous Gemstones. Uh, That's a weird name. Well, their last name is Gemstones. Oh, never mind. Okay. Yeah, no and weird. they are righteous. And they Got are it. righteous. I was trying to think, of the whole time I was waiting, like, are they miners? No. Like, what is happening here? No. Uh, <laughs> when uh, when John Goodman was younger uh, and had a TV show, Televangelist, his show was called The Righteous, righteous Gemstones. Gemstones. And Got it. That reveal is until the end of the first episode, but that's where the name comes Got from. It. Okay. Uh, it opens... Uh, in a Chinese twenty-four, uh, a 24-hour baptism in China that, after 17 hours, goes awry because if you're awake for 17 hours, of course you're going to get all antsy yeah. and oh, yeah. and yelling at people. But it's a great setup. Like, that first opening five minutes is a great setup 
to the rest of the show, uh, and it had me hooked from there. Okay, so, cool. so you got something new on the radar. I got then. something new to watch on Sunday nights now. There you go. Um, until Silicon Valley comes out in the season finale, right. or the series finale series at the end of the year. But yeah, The Righteous Gemstones, check it out. We get a vote approved. Okay. All uh, right. Well, I also watched uh, some TV this week. I watched what? a television show. I know. This is rare. This is rare. Uh, I watched season three of Glow on Netflix. Okay. So, tell me about Brie Larson. I mean, Alison Brie. Alison Brie. This is the Alison Brie one. Yes, this is Alison Brie. Brie Larson's now, like, Academy Award winner. Captain Marvel. So, Brie don't Larson. Even, not even the same kind of comparison anymore. Uh, no. But, yeah, but, no. Uh, but Kyle Larson did win the first lap of the, uh, the track last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh. that, that's a thing. Okay, so, anyway, Alison Brie. television. All right, so tell me about um, Mrs. Dave Franco. Anyway. Are they, yeah, they, they're... They married. Okay, Mrs. I forgot Dave that Franco. happened. Anyway, all right. That's why I brought it up. So, Glow th- Season 3, uh, third season of the Netflix show, of course, about the lady wrestlers, mm-hmm. if you didn't already know. Um... But yeah, uh, this season takes kind of a different uh, uh, approach. Uh, they are no longer doing their television show. Instead, they have a residency in Las Vegas. Woo! So the whole season takes place in and around Vegas. Uh, a lot of casino uh, happenings, a lot of hotel sh- uh, uh, shenanigans. Uh, you can kind of see and start to guess the kind of plots that they get into. There's some gambling, there's some debauchery, there's strippers, gigolos, you name it. Um, but so like, it, but still continuing the drama set up kind of in the first two seasons with all the same characters that you've grown to love. Okay. Um, so this season's a little bit more dramatic. It's a little less funny. Um, it does introduce a lot of really fun uh, new characters, though, that live in and around the casino. Uh, so new, some new wrinkles to some familiar characters that make like kind of evolve. There's some a lot of good character growth in this season. I really enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, coming off of the second uh, second season, which I was like kind of halfway about. Yeah. I don't really remember last year me talking about that. I know you mentioned that it kind of like lost its edge a bit. I thought kinda so. Kind of a little bit more serialized. This season, uh, it's definitely still very serialized. Mm-hmm. Um, the, but it definitely went a, a lot. There's a lot of darker moments. Okay. It goes super deep into the characters this time. And a lot of uh, twists and turns that I did not see coming. Um, every time I thought that the, that the plot was going to go a certain direction, I was surprised with the, what they ended up doing with it. Okay. So, um, yeah, I think it's a really quality kind of comeback feeling that they've got going right now. And they set up, at the end of it, a really interesting setup for a potential season four. Oh, okay. Uh, so... I could is see it this thing confirmed going. for season four? I, I, it has not been confirmed yet, but I would not be surprised if soon we hear that it's been picked up again. Okay. Because, yeah, it's, a, it's still just as strong as it has been. I think the next season premise could be really, really strong as well without giving anything away. Um, but it'll be different again. They figured right. out a way to make it different again. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. So, yeah, I've enjoy- I enjoyed it. Uh, if you like that show, it's more of that show. And, and uh I just want to reiterate a point after Netflix uh, a couple weeks ago let go two shows by uh, uh, female uh, creators and showrunners. I want to note this is a female created show and led show. Uh, almost every episode that I can recall that I like uh, watched the credits for had a female director uh, credit. Uh, we did note that last time when they got picked up that right. every theme- every director was yes. going to be female. Alison Brie herself directed an episode in the season. Ooh! So, yeah. 
Okay, uh, so Chris, really cool. Uh, you can definitely tell that this is a show that's written and uh, directed by women because it is very uh, in tune in a way that a lot of shows are not uh, with uh, realistic depictions of uh, female relationships. Okay, that's good. And so, yeah, uh, I recommend it for those of you who uh, watched the first two seasons. It's still good. I like that show a lot. All right, sounds All right. good. Let's move on out of television news and thoughts into cancellations and renewals. You have any other thoughts on TV? I do not. I do not. Nah. Uh, I, I think we're good. I think we're good. So yeah, cancellations and renewals. What's on the chopping block this week? All right, what am I no longer watching? You're no longer watching Star Wars Resistance over at Disney because it has been canceled after two seasons. Uh, yes, this was the Star Wars animated show that followed in the steps of Star Wars Clone Wars, right. and then Star Wars Rebels, right. and now it's Star Wars Resistance, which it's is over. the the uh, the side plot that takes place during the latest. Uh, trilogy of films. Yeah, I would not be surprised if this is in anticipation of Disney Plus. Well, probably because with Disney Plus coming out, they're having the Star Wars Clone Wars right. come back. Yes, so this clears the table for that. Or, maybe they said cancelled, and then come a D23, say it's renewed, everyone yeah, goes, hey! Yeah, hey, hey. that could happen, we'll see. Um, over at Sci-Fi, they've cancelled Krypton after two seasons. Um, and a thousand... Fans cried literally a thousand. Yeah, just a thousand. That's all they. That's all they could afford. And over at CBS, uh, Instinct canceled after two seasons. I guess they knew it. Uh, it had to happen. They weren't basic enough. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> also on CBS, uh, the Late Late Show with James Corden not canceled. Instead, the opposite, extended through 2022 so that's like an additional three seasons the antics of James Corden uh, most people ready. do there's a more carpool karaoke yeah he's got a good niche there he's in the late late show he's made that show his own over the years yeah. and um, um, definitely has his stuff figured out so yeah he needs to get to keep on trucking for another few years which if I'm James Corden I'm good with that right I don't think he needs the step up he doesn't need to go anywhere else there's I mean, literally, the next step up is the prime time, which yeah, I think he's probably he's good. good with his late night gig and hosting yeah. gigs every time they get. Him I mean, he gets Stephen Colbert's audience coming right. into it. Yeah, I and mean, you can't argue with that. And then, lastly, HBO is renewing Succession for a third season. Ooh! So a successor to Succession. Uh, successor to Succession will be a third successor. So it'll be Success. Succession the third. Successful. <laughs> Alright, that's it for cancellations and renewals. We move on to deaths. We got um, a couple rough ones here. Alright. Uh, first up, uh, Peter Fonda. Of course, the famous actor. Uh, age 79, most famous probably for the uh, cinema-changing Easy Rider in the, 19, uh, in the late 1960s. Uh, yeah, definitely cinema-changing. Yeah. Uh, oh, sure. Jane Fonda, hus- wife, husband? Uh, I believe so. Brother? One of the Fondas. There, yes, the Fonda family is yeah. full of uh, recognizable stars. But yes, Peter, F- uh, Peter Fonda being one of the... I guess now it is the late Peter well Fonda. Yeah. Then also, uh, another a rough one for the animation community, Richard Williams, age 86, was an animator and also an Oscar winner for his work on Who Framed Roger Rabbit, as he was the lead animator in that project. Yes, he, was the, he won the Oscar for Art Direction, as he was the lead on that. Um, he's also credited for the creation of Roger and Jessica Rabbit. Yes. Um, he also, fun fact, did a lot of 
opening animated title cards Correct, as well. including the Pink Panther. He is also credited yes. with creating the Pink, the Pink Panther. Panther. The character, not the movie. Yes, the, the, the Pink Panther yeah. character who would eventually go on to do uh, double gum commercials. You may also recognize the name because he's also responsible for the um, limited release animated classic, The Thief and the Cobbler. Yes. Uh, which animation fans know as this, like, little known work of art, but uh, uh, copyright fans might know as uh, the movie that uh, got Aladdin in some copyright uh, trouble over at Disney yep. uh, before the 1992 release of Aladdin. Uh, there were some similarities between the two films that brought a lot of. Uh, Criticism towards Disney's uh, film that ended up being settled outside the court. Right, um, he was an animator even up to his, even up to last year. He was yeah. nominated for an Academy Award for a short animated film. But yeah, I strongly uh, recommend you uh, look up his Wikipedia or read some books about Disney animation in the '90s and '80s, as you'll learn a lot about Richard Williams and uh, like the the trials and tribulations he had working on both The Thief of the Cobbler with the Aladdin mm -hmm. uh, controversy and especially uh, the uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit because it is fascinating the kind of work that had to go into that movie and the battles that the animation team had with the Disney team mm -hmm. uh, from Hollywood to Florida where a lot of the animations happened. It's a lot of really cool, interesting stuff about Richard Williams. He was definitely a uh, force to be reckoned with in the animation world and he will be missed. Not to be confused with John Williams who was also a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, it's different. Yes. Anyway, that's it for deaths, thankfully. No more deaths. So that means I get to hand this over to you and we start talking about music. Alright, and we start music with the billboard. And we start the billboard. <laughs> what a week for billboard! With the Hot 100. Alright, give it to me. What is number one this week? It is not Old Town Road! After 19 weeks, it has finally been dethroned. So, the new record is 19 weeks yes. for a single. Anything 19 consecutive weeks. 19 consecutive weeks. 19 consecutive weeks. That consecutive is important. So will this number one do it? Uh, yes. After no. being... No. But after being <laughs> the bridesmaid yes. for literally 19 plus weeks. Well, no. Uh, the official number apparently is nine. Okay, for nine. Really? Uh, That's nine it? straight weeks is it for number two. I uh, believe she's been up. She's been in. She's the been in the top, top five, five for longer, but yeah. she's only been number two for nine straight weeks. Okay, so being in the top five as a bridesmaid for literally like half this year, but finally is the bride. Finally gets well, to walk down that aisle. Not really. She's uh, what seventeen years old. I don't think she's getting married right now. Okay. <laughs> Finally being crowned prom queen There we go Is Bad Guy by Billie Eilish Yes Number uh, one number one, That's finally a number one single Yes She finally got that number one She It finally happened uh, Number two Is Senorita By Shawn Mendes and Camila Cabello Climbing up That means number three Is Old Town Road By Lil Nas X yep. Number four is Truth Hurts By Lizzo And number five is Talk by Khalid. So the Billie Eilish number one actually leads into the VMAs this weekend where she will be performing and will likely uh, win on probably a handful of uh, moon people. Oh, the Moon Man Awards. They're not moon men anymore. Uh, the TV has right. changed it to moon person. That's right, because they're yes. gender non-discrimination. They're, yeah, they're, they're gender neutral now. Yes. Uh, that brings us to the Billboard 200s with the number one album this week. We Are Not Your Kind by Slipknot. Yeah, I didn't think that was going to be number one, but hey. I want to say ticket sales got that book. Yeah, I bet it was probably something like that. 
Uh, number two is Port of Miami 2 by Rick Ross. I bet Rick Ross is throwing a tantrum right now I bet somewhere. He's yeah, I bet he's super pissed. Uh, number three is oh, by Triple Red. That sound you made was an exclamation point. Yes. That's Trippy Red. Uh, triple Red. Trippy. Triple. Trippy. Uh, that's an eye? Okay, it's Trippy nine. Red. Uh, yeah, so that's also a Metal Gear Solid exclamation point noise I tried to make there. Uh, number four, When We Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go by Billie Eilish. And number five, number six, Collaborations Project by Ed Sheeran. Yep. Those are your Billboard 200 albums. Yay! All right, time for new releases. What am I listening to this week? I don't know what you're listening to. Actually, a couple of Actually, things. I don't know what you're listening to. Yeah, actually, to. T- two, at least two of these records. Uh, but here are your new releases. Okay. We have Ginger by Brock Hampton. Yeah. Uh, we all have 13 of them. All, all Brock Hamptons? Yeah, all of the Brock Hampton members. Uh, we have Anak Ko by uh, Jay Som. Yep, I'll be checking that out. Uh, ooh, Pokemon. Because we have <laughs> TM104. <laughs> I don't think that's a Pokemon reference. It is definitely a Pokemon reference. <laughs> I don't think the DMs have ever gotten to the 100 range. Alright, HM, no, it's TM. <laughs> no, they have gotten to the 100 range. Have they? I know there's more than 100 TMs, I know that. Yeah, alright, anyway. Uh, what, it's not a Pokemon reference. Alright, uh, TM104, colon, The Legend of the Snowman, by Jeezy. Uh, I think he's the artist formerly known as Young Jeezy. Now he's just Jeezy. Oh, he grew up. Yeah. How sad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Late Nights and Long Decks by Justin Moore. Do you know who this is? This is a country this person. This is a country person. Okay, just, I, I included it because his, his name sounded rel- relatively familiar. Yep. Uh, up next, the album I will be listening to this weekend. Okay. And I'm going to pre-call my album of the year. Whoa. Whoa. Because the singles they've released, they are three for three with me. Okay. So that's... I'm putting my um, hot take right now, sticking it in mid-August where it's also super hot, uh-huh. that um, Let It Roll by Midland will be my number one album of the year. Uh-huh. We'll see. Uh, we also have Lover by Noah Gunderson. One of two records called Lover coming out this week. Uh, don't be confused. Don't be confused with Lover. By Taylor Swift. Right, yes. Also the other album coming week. out this week. You should have probably kept that for last because that is the biggest release. I don't know, but the fact they have both lovers in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that's on purpose so Nate Gunderson yeah. can get some, steal maybe. some listens. He's like search lover and find both. Steal some of yours. Uh, we also have Jimmy Lee. That is the name of the album. Yes. Jimmy Lee by Raphael Sadiq. Uh-huh. Eve by Rhapsody. A Distant Call by Sheer Mag. Mm-hmm. While I'm Living by Tanya Tucker. Yep. And Okie okay by Vince Gill. I believe that is the other album. Are you going with no. uh, uh, Taylor no, Swift? No, I'm going to force myself to listen to that Taylor You're going to force yourself to listen to Taylor Swift. I didn't like Reputation, and I don't like the singles for this thing. I just want to know how bad it's going to be. I'm just uh, curious. I will listen to that as well. Yeah. So we'll both have two albums to listen to. how it is, because we'll I... Hmm. All right, mm. so, so we'll have two, both have two albums to listen to this weekend. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of Taylor Swift... 
Okay. Dot, dot, dot. She yeah. is in the news. Well, this is a weird story that kind of, I, that piqued my interest because I was like, this is stupid. But I can see why she'd want to do this. All right, well, when Taylor Swift let her feelings be known about her former label, Big Machine, ending up at the hands of Scooter Braun, which we talked about we a couple weeks this. ago. This is kind of a follow-up. Uh, speculation about what little recourse she had in the situation ran rampant. You know, like, what if she simply re-recorded material from those first six studio albums? Yeah. In an acoustic version. That'd be hers. In, like, a Twitter joke format, be like, Taylor Swift should simply re-record all of her entire discography. (laughs) Well, I don't think she recorded exactly the same, but if she did acoustic versions, there could be the new album and be hers, right? So, uh... Or well, remastered. Did she say that she's going to do this? No, not really. Although, that was considered a long sort of number of reasons. Yeah. Swift has now asserted in an interview with CBS Sunday Morning that she plans yeah. to actually yes. do the just that. Yes. Although, the extent or timing of her plans to go back in the studio to revisit her oldies wasn't addressed. So, okay. I included this because this is fascinating. Because I don't know if this has happened I don't Can you name an instance of this happening? Where an artist goes back in the studio to record their hits so they Literally keep the master? Literally everything because they lost it. Like, can you imagine? No, but I can see <laughs> you're just recording just the hits and making an album. The greatest of, hits album? And just calling it uh, Taylor un- Unplugged? Technically, oh, never mind. I was going to say she hasn't had it self-titled yet, but no, she did. No, she it was did. literally her first album. A- as most albums are. Yeah, I'm trying to unlike think what she could call it. Unplugged. Stripped down. Those, that's, mm, Naked. I don't know if she want to do that. <laughs> Me. No, that's a song. <laughs> uh, call it T.S. I Love You. That's terrible. I hate it. Really? Anyway. I thought that was kind of sad. <laughs> T- you know, you call it TSA. <laughs> TSA. That's worse. Taylor Swift Acoustics. Uh, why do you think they're going to be acoustic? Because I don't think they could be the exactly the same. So that doesn't mean she has to do an acoustic. Okay, fine. Taylor Swift remastered. Anyway. Taylor really Swift deep dive. Although I do want to mention there is precedent for this, apparently, because I learned something I didn't know about Taylor Swift this week. So what else is about Taylor Swift? She had uh, re-recorded an early song of hers. She apparently re-recorded her early hit, uh, Love Story, which okay. I think was on her second or third album. Second. In a... All Fearless. In the 1989 era. Uh, okay. With that kind of production value. Okay. So she has done this. So there's the, so maybe she could do that for all of it. So it's not new for no, her to do something it like just, this. It's just, I don't know how far she wants to go with this. That's what I'm saying. Like, you just do the hits. Yeah. Because that's all people are going to listen to is... The hits. But we'll see. We'll see what happens, Taylor. This will be a big Taylor week, and we'll be back with our Taylor thoughts next week. We'll definitely have some Taylor thoughts next week. And it'll be tailor-made just just for for you. you. Creepy. All right. What's our other music story in the music world? Other music story has to deal with the Spotify. No, it doesn't at always. Sometimes. Once a month. Once a month we get a Spotify thing. This is just a brief cool one for, uh, actually, for one person uh, watching and one person in this room. Yes. So, if you happen to have the Spotify family plan you'll be getting a new feature while there is no mention of price in the US blog announcing the plan uh, a rep by I lost my place a rep from the company 
confirmed the price will remain the same. That's just good news. Yes, because the plan will now offer access to Family Mix playlists and the ability to manage all of the family plan members in a single place, including parental controls on explicit content. The plan still allows for up to six individuals premium accounts per plan, but you now have parental controls and a family mix. So yeah, the family mix is interesting because it could potentially uh, be a good way to be like, hey, I found this thing my family member would really enjoy and it'd be easy way to share. Or it's, hey, we're going on a family road trip. Everybody add to the Everyone family add mix. to the list. Exactly. It could be really good for, say, I don't know, like a wedding perception playlist or something. I don't know. Just throwing that out there. Or, you know, <laughs> a, a long road trip somewhere yeah, yeah. that you want to, like, have people contribute to. I don't know. There's some options, for sure. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, good, it's a good idea uh, that I, I look forward to trying out. I kind of like this idea. Yeah. It's like, hey, like, that, like, throw on your favorite song. Or it's like, hey, parents, throw on your yeah. favorite song when you were kids. But, like, and the parents can them. also say, like, make, hey, kids, don't add any rap, like, explicit rap songs. Don't add any Slipknot on this playlist. <laughs> what do you mean? They're a Christian band. <laughs> <laughs> callback, everybody. <laughs> that was a good callback. All right, anyway. It's fine. <laughs> anyway. That's it. That's all it is. Oh, that's good. This week. That's a good addition. I I like that addition. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think this should be something that's like would up it for any reason, huh. up the price, but definitely a good addition and a good way to get you know actual families, actual families to join a to <laughs> yes, a actual family. families. No one else would use the family plan. They would be insane to even try. I know. I mean, you gotta like. What well, don't they have a thing where you have to like. Be in oh, the same yeah. household? Oh, yeah. You definitely have to have the same address. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. That, that's how they get around that. And that's how they get around that. Uh, God that. damn angels that. of that. mine. That. Um, okay. Thoughts. Anyway. Thoughts. Moving on to music. Thoughts. Please, let's move on. All right. You listened to an album. I did listen to an album this week. All right. So you listened to the new Slater Kenny album. Yes. All right. Center won't hold. The center won't hold. Okay. And neither will the drummer. Will she? Yeah. Will she? Well, like I mentioned last week, yes, this uh, marks the last uh, album uh, from the group that includes their drummer, Janet Weiss. She's chosen to leave the band and will not be accompanying them on their forthcoming tour. Uh, but... Uh, that's not the only thing that's changed here. Uh, the band's sound has also changed uh, greatly here. So if you're familiar with Slater Kenny, they're mostly a guitar-focused band. They've always been since their inception in the mid-90s, up until their uh, uh, reunion album in 2015. Uh, they sounded relatively the same. They've introduced new, slightly new, new styles and new production values as they went on. But it was still basically the same kind of guitar-driven sound uh, with uh, the vocals of uh, lead vocalist uh, uh, Corin Tucker and Carrie Brownstein, which a lot of people know as co-star of IFC's Portland. Portlandia and uh, bestie to uh, Fred Armisen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, when Fred Armisen's not doing drums yeah, for yeah. Uh, Seth Meyers. Their, their, uh, their vocals would often intertwine. They would have harmonies. They would have, like, kind of... Uh, back and forth call and response kind of vocals and their guitars would do the same and uh, 
very little of that is reflected here. It is a very different kind of thing. As I mentioned last week, uh, jumping on production duties here is St. Vincent, real name Annie Clark, mm-hmm. uh, who's helping them here uh, kind of refine the sound into something more electronic, a lot more synth-heavy, 80s-influenced, um, that they haven't really played around with before. And the result is, well, it's good. Yay. It's good. At least I can say that. But well, say where's the but? But it's is it Slater Kenny is a question that I kept thinking of the whole time. So basically, what I'll say about it is that I really enjoyed it. It does some really interesting things sonically. I liked a lot of the songs. There are definite highlights here. I miss the uh, kind of like I said, the call and response and the intertwining vocals between Carrie and Corin because most of the songs here actually have them kind of doing their own solo thing every other song. There's Carrie songs and there's Corrin songs, and that hasn't really been the case before. Like, sometimes, but not usually the entire album Hmm. has been so divided as this one feels. And Janet doesn't get a whole lot of things to drum. There's very little actual times where I thought about the drums in these songs. And so I kind of can't blame her for maybe feeling underutilized in the new version of the band, and maybe that was part of why she chose to depart. It's such a different thing that maybe she felt like the odd one out, since she's not a vocalist and she doesn't get to engage in that level of performance. Uh, But like, so yeah, I think there's just so much that I miss of the old dynamic of the old band. A lot of that joy is kind of missing. But the highlights are highlights. There's one song in particular which is called Love. And it is, in a way, a love letter to the band itself. There's some references to previous albums uh, in it. There's basically just talking about, like, the thing that brings them back to this project is their friendship, their bond, their love for each other. (laughs) And uh, that is a recurring theme through the record. There's also a recurring theme of these women knowing uh, that as they get older, it's very, uh, it's not often that we see older women in the spotlight in bands like this, or even in television or movies like this. And so they're trying to make this point that like, no, we are older women. We are demanding to be seen. There's a line that I'm paraphrasing here in one of the songs where they say as much. And it's really, really cool. And it's really great that they're using this as a platform to remind everybody. It's like, no, it's like, just because a woman is older than 40 doesn't mean that they can't be, like, important. They can't be seen. They can't rock hard. And, like, I think that's really cool. And Slater Kenny are a good example of that. Even if their sound is getting into places that they've never been before. Uh, as for the future, I don't know. It seems unclear. It seems like the band was rocked by Janet's departure. In every post-release uh, uh, interview that I've seen, They've mentioned that it was a thing they didn't want to happen. It was definitely a thing that they were trying to encourage, uh, not like to stop. They were trying to get Janice, Janet to stay as long as possible, right. stay through the tour, be in the band. And, sh- and so this, what happened, just kind of has made the air a little weird. Uh, not for them, but for fans as well. Okay. I think that fans will probably find this album divisive. I think this will be a topic of conversation now for the rest of the time the band exists. I think that it's a, it's, it kind of reminded me of um, when Arcade Fire put out Reflector and how divisive that record was. Mm-hmm. Or even Kanye West with Life of Pablo. Right. Like, this is a, kind of a Life of Pablo moment where it was like, 
yeah, this is good, but it's not... It's not revolutionary. It doesn't do anything to be like, this is the new statement that we're making. There's a change. There's like a dividing line between what the band was and what the band is now. So I don't know. It's interesting. I think that if you like the band, if you have any interest, you should definitely check it out. See if it's for you. Um, but yeah, I don't know uh, how this how this is going to stand up to the a test of time. It'll be really interesting to see uh, the legacy of both this record and the band come. So this is not their final album. No, they have not at any point said this was it. Okay. Uh, Janet leaving the band is not that did not end Slater Kenny. Okay. As long as Corin and Carrie want to continue with it, it can potentially continue to be a project for them. They do also have other projects though, so it'll be interesting to see if it continues. Okay. I just want to say that because it sounds like like you get your song, I get my song, you get yeah. your song, I get my song, and then you're in it like every third time. That seems very divided. Structurally, yeah, and that may have been a creative choice, for all we know. Like, we weren't in the studio. Like, maybe Annie suggested that. Maybe Annie wanted it to be more pop in the way that pop songs are usually like that. Okay. And, like, maybe that was the goal. Or maybe there was some distance between Carrie and Corin. I don't know. They haven't really hinted at that at all. Um, and it would kind of fly in the face of the, the statement that they're making on the record about being so close. So, I don't know. Okay. It's interesting. It's an interesting thing. It sounds interesting. Yeah. Well, what's not interesting uh-huh. is Hunter Hayes. All right, so you listen to Hunter Hayes' new record. So, um, yes, on Friday I realized, oh, hey, there's a new Hunter Hayes album. Mm-hmm. Which I thought there might have been, but uh, I, we didn't mention it. I think it. we mentioned it. We didn't mention yeah. it. Uh, but yeah, Hunter Hayes' new album, Wild Blue, Part 1. Um, <laughs> oh, great. And that means... Is there a Part 2 coming? It means, probably means there will be a Part 2. <laughs> but I'm not looking forward to Part 2. <laughs> um, this is Hunter Hayes' third album, I believe. Huh. Which is not good. <laughs> All right, you're just going for it. I'm just not going. I'm just going for it. Um, if you told me that, hey, there's this new artist on my FM that's aiming for the tweens. <laughs> His name is Hunter Hayes. I hate Get when this album. Aim for the tweens. Aim for the tweens. Get the tweens. like like he's the he's the new up to cover that I like. And he's really hot looking, and he has kind of good music, but he's just really hot looking. <laughs> Get this album to listen to. It's like, okay, yeah. It, it's kind of poppy. I kind of get it. But this album hits your favorite genre. Oh, no. The mono genre? The mono genre. So everything at once. Everything about this album feels flat, which is why it feels like a disappointment being his third album. It doesn't lean towards country. It leans more towards pop. And then leans back towards the middle of the mono genre, and about three songs in it, I was like, "This is just the mono genre." Right. There is literally nothing in this album that makes me want to continue listening to it. There's nothing that makes me want to come back to it. And if this was the first album that Hunter Hayes put out, I'd be like, "Okay, there might be something here. I can kind of see where you're going for. You have well, because some he's talent, artist, but because like, he has established hits before, what is he trying he, to do? Yes, yeah, like, are you trying to take that?" pop route do you want to go that I want to hit the young demographic so that way they can be with me for the next 7 10 years Let me rephrase that, but okay. so that way they can listen to me for go. the next 7 right. 10 years or do I lean more towards the country version that I 
started with and kind of get my, get my head into a very crowded field of that genre of solo male artists in the country okay. that do country pop. And that is a crowded field. It is definitely crowded. So I see why he's making this pivot. It just doesn't work. I, 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 it just doesn't work for me. I don't think it works for most people. But then again, I'm not a young girl. Yeah, you're not the audience. I'm not the audience for this thing. Uh, but, you know, if Hunter Hates is your demographic, give it a listen. You might like it. It's just not for me. It's just very flat. It goes through typical country routes of love, of God, of loss, of love, of wanting to be the boy of <laughs> the boy in the band, the boy uh, next door down the street. And he wants yet, to be the boy. Yeah, he wants to be the boy, not yet the man. He wants to be the guy, like that video game. That guy. I want to be the guy. He wants to be that guy. Look, talking about that guy, Boys. but the boy is just the boy. <laughs> I'm not. I don't know how, how how many times I can run around here and say this, but yeah. it's a mono genre country pop album. Okay. That doesn't strike a chord with me. And that yes, that is a country guitar. Pun. I got it. Got it. Well, that's disappointing. Not really. <laughs> right. Because seeing as his main hit is Wanted, it's more of like a piano. That is a piano country ballad. Oh, I remember that, kid. Wanna yeah, make okay. you feel wanted. Yeah, yeah. yeah and see how that one okay. crossed into the pop? Right, you're right, you did. He, this one wants to lean more towards that pop, wants to make that, that genre but cross. it doesn't work. I mean, it might work for some people. Not going to work for me. But it might work. Might have one or two something there. Fair but they're already sir. on the radio, so All right, not much you more. Anything else? Um, no. Okay. I, I went back to the Casey Musgraves album. Yeah, but that's not new. No, it's not new, but it's still, still good. good. <laughs> it's still good. Still the best thing that came out last year. Yeah, it is. All right, let's talk about music or sorry, video games now. All right, done with music. Done with music. We move into video game news. Video games. Well, first, for news, we got new releases. All right. Don't forget about the new releases. And this is a week. Capital W. A lot of stuff is coming out. All right, games upcoming this week. We have gates have opened. We have Telling Lies on the PC. Telling Lies is the follow up, by the way, uh, to. the uh, popular indie game uh, from a few years ago, uh, Her Story. This is the from the Her Story devs. Her Story? Sure, yes. Okay. Uh, but yeah, this is a uh, video, full motion video, uh, like, choose... Like, oh, walkthrough adventure? Decision-driven game. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like those games. I, that's why it's on yeah. the PC. I never played Her Story, but it always seemed really All right, cool. Telling Lies on yeah. the PC. I hear this is good. We have Oninaki... On the PlayStation Switch and PC. Ancestors colon the Humankind Odyssey on the PC. (laughs) The Bard's Tale IV colon the Bard's Tale IV colon (laughs) Director's Cut for the PlayStation Xbox and PC. Um, Crystar for PlayStation and PC. That's where I go when I'm very sad. You go to the Crystar. Go to the Crystar. 
Uh, we also have Knights and Bikes for PlayStation <laughs> and PC. That, yes, and the cover of that game is just Knights and Bikes. We have MXGP 2019. Motocross. Motocross Grand Prix. Grand Prix. Yeah. Uh, we also have uh, the Wreckfest for PlayStation and Xbox. Yes. And lastly, the two biggest releases this week, I think. Anything. First one is Control for PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. Yes, this is the new uh, Remedy, Joey? Yeah, Remedy. Uh, The people who brought you Alan Wake and uh, Max Payne. Yep. This is their new game. This sounds rad. Like, the, all the footage I've seen is this thing. It's like telekinetic powers and control, like throwing things across the room and throwing dudes. And, yeah, it seems really cool. I may buy this game. I may pick I may this check up. it out. I don't know if I'm going to buy it, but... Well, I don't know if there's a demo I can probably Red download. Box, maybe. maybe Redbox if it's available. But yeah, this seems really neat. Yeah. And lastly, for all you PC lovers out there who want to go back uh, to the way things used to be, yeah. World of Warcraft Classic. It tastes like Coca-Cola Classic. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's the Vanilla Wow, as they call it, in the, <laughs> in the biz. Yes. Just the regular old World of Warcraft before they cataclysmed it and take all the original things out. Right, and this is also why they stopped product. They sued the other production team of fans who were trying to make a World of Warcraft classic. People running the servers of the original, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is uh, this is an opportunity for people to play original World of Warcraft quests, just like they used to be, but uh, modernized with modern graphics. Uh, do note, however, you still need a World of Warcraft account and subscription to play World yeah. of Warcraft Classic. Yeah, it's not free. Unfortunately, like it should be, but... <laughs> Oh, well. Although it might be free to a certain level. Uh, I know for a time it was like free to level yeah, 20. That might still be true. So, I don't know. Your mileage may vary. Yeah. Uh, but that brings us into news. It does. And this week it was Gamescom this past weekend. Gamescom, which is the uh, European equivalent. Germany to E3. equivalent. Yes. Yes. Uh, taking place in Germany, Gamescom. Uh, so, instead of just making one big Gamescom, we have... The bits. This isn't just Gamescom bits, though. This is includes some things that happen outside of the show as well. But this is just one big slab of bits for you. Right. Well, because there's stuff that happens outside of Gamescom, we yes. are going to have double bits. Double bits. Oh, just dropping bits everywhere Nothing here. Nothing but bits. All right. Rapid fire, lightning round news. Yes. Well, maybe not that fast, but we'll get into <laughs> all this fairly fast. So, first up in the bits... Something that is not related to Gamescom. Right. That's what I said. Uh, GameStop lays off over 100 employees, including seven Game Informer editors. So we knew this was coming. Uh, well, at least we knew this was coming for the retail stores. GameStop has had the writing on the wall forever. We've been reporting it over and over again for years. What I didn't anticipate is that Game Informer, their magazine, would also take a hit here. Uh, seven very talented writers mm -hmm. lost their jobs. And yeah, here's hoping that they figure out their deal... And, uh, yeah, but also, of course, our hearts go out to the retail workers, too, because those jobs sucked. And yeah. we hope that they move on to something that doesn't suck and isn't uh, owned by a company that sucks. Yeah, but um, we've been chronicling the downfall of GameStop for a while now. We've noted that the CEO has lost $350 million over the course of, like, two years. Yeah. And they've had three CEOs in a year. So, yeah, GameStop is just going down the tubes. Yeah. 
but yeah, no. Hopefully those seven um, editors get together to form a new magazine. <laughs> Not gonna happen. Call it Second Life or something. Not in 2019. Also, that's names taken. I know. <laughs> anyway. Uh, well, now to Gamescom news. Uh, there's been a new Death Stranding sighting. As Death Stranding gameplay has been shown off. New gameplay footage. New gameplay, a little bit more of uh, what you're doing with the baby this time. Also, Jeff Keighley's in it? Jeff Keighley's in it, but it's not Jeff Keighley's voice. <laughs> Which makes it even more weird. Also, this leads credence to that everybody that uh, uh, Kojima has been hanging out with on Twitter may or may not be in this game. Yeah. And that shortlist and there's it, it includes some crazy names like Director Edgar Wright. Yes. And Grimes. <laughs> um, yeah, apparently <laughs> for the past five years, Kojima has been meeting random people, yes. random celebrities. Yeah. And hanging out. hanging out with them and scanning their faces to put into the game. I really but not necessarily their voices, just their way they look. It's like Euro Del Toro's in it. I really hope that everybody is in the game somehow. And he's just got every, like, every person that he met with. That'd be so good. Because then somebody could just go back in time on his Twitter feed and be like, Oh, this person, this person, this person. Yeah, this uh, okay. is Yeah, but... They showed off one mechanic that oh, yeah. got the uh, internet ablaze as you now have to pee in video games. There's a pee mechanic. A pee mechanic that changes when you pee with other people. There's a pee mechanic where if you pee in the same place, you'll grow mushrooms. A pee mechanic where if you don't pee, it will hinder your character. Yeah, you should pee. A pee mechanic where if you try to look at the penis... He will move, um, <laughs> so you cannot view it. I forget the name of the game, uh, game spot writer to credit this to, but I believe the joke was, you don't get to see Norman's Reedus. <laughs> Is that Norman's penis? <laughs> but same joke. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but no. I want to say that this latest trailer has sold me on getting Death Stranding Day 1 on pre-order. Oh my god, don't fall for it! Don't do it! It's Kojima. I know this game is going to be super long, super confusing, Sweet. and super cinematic. Which is kind of what I want. Yeah, I have no also, idea what the hell this is going to be. Also, it briefly brought up a world map, and it looked like you got to traverse the United States. <laughs> yeah. Or at least one half of it. Oh yeah, and you can just like whip out a ladder at any time and then put... Insta-ladder! Insta ladder. Just leave it there. Well, we knew that was a feature before the previous yeah, the E three so trailer. Good. I just like the fact that you just abandoned all these ladders. This game seems super uh, weird. I have no idea what's going on, which makes me want to play it more and kind of yeah. figure it out. So yeah. Uh, but yeah. You know, yeah, Death Stranding is That's now right. on my radar. Still has a release date of November, yeah. so I may not play it till December. <laughs> uh, but uh, we also have. Other news, including Halo Infinite creative director Tim Logano, or Tim Longo, who has left 343 yes. Industries. Yeah, uh, executive, this is a surprise. Executive producer Mary Olsen will now take charge of the campaign team on Halo Infinite as the lead producer. This is weird news because we know so little about what this game actually is that we have no idea how far in development they are. All we know is that this will supposedly 
be an Xbox Scarlet release date. Correct, yeah. Release we have a release launch. date. We just don't know, or the release window, I guess you could yeah. say. We just don't know what it is yet. We don't. We haven't seen any gameplay. We haven't heard anything like gameplay like adjacent about what this thing's going to be. So it's like it's weird that a creative director is leaving in the middle, like smack dab in the middle of this game's development. It could be worrying, but who knows? Uh, I want to say this is... No, this can't be Microsoft's decision. It's but three for three. It's three so, for three. Yeah, who knows? I don't know. Weird. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know what to make of this. I mean... Yeah, we don't know enough. Don't, we don't know enough. You don't send an executive producer down for no reason. Or yeah. Or a creative director down well, for no reason. Well, it sounds like it was his call, so... Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Um, other new information yeah. has been released regarding Pokemon Sword yes. and Shield. Uh, the battle system was revealed during the opening ceremony of the Pokemon World Championships in Washington, D.C. And that's vague on purpose because the actual information was so in the nitty-gritty that I did not have time to write it. Okay. But yeah, if you're interested at all in like some new moves and abilities that some of the Pokemon uh, have, there's a new trailer out that has all that for you, so go check it out. In addition to that, on a side little piece of news here, the Pokemon World Championships yeah. were held this past weekend. The, all yeah. those battles are now up on YouTube. We have a new... Pokemon Master in the Master Division, um, a new Pokemon Master in the Seniors Division, yeah. and a repeat in the Juniors Division. So yeah, we, I actually did some reading about uh, the, the structure of the Pokemon play uh, system this, yes. this week uh, for a few reasons. So yeah, um, it, it seems interesting. This was both the video games and the card game, you should know. Yes. That uh, both they, of those happen. Well, they do it at the same time. Yeah. Uh, but the one I'm referring to is the video game. The video game. They play four. They battle four Pokemon out of six. Yeah. Four Pokemon go um, get KO'd. They yeah. faint. You're done. But um, uh, yeah. The other thing that came out of this that's important to note uh, that I don't have written down because it's kind of more broad um, is that uh, Game Freak pretty much straight up said that they're really focusing in on the battle system this time. There's going to be a lot of online options for battles uh, okay. for Sword and Shield. It looks like they're listening to the competitive scene and like trying to put things that people will actually really enjoy uh, on like internet uh, within internet battles. Just completely revitalizing to the point where they're actually not using the global link site server that's been used for every single game since Black and White. Hmm. This is going to be built on a new interface for, from now on, uh, starting with Sword and Shield. So yeah, um, this lends, still lends credence to my theory that, uh, that this game is going to do a lot of new things and is going to be a lot of different things at once. I really think that's the direction they're taking. I us. think that they're going to try and utilize the full potential of yeah. the Switch, the full potential yeah. of Nintendo's servers, yeah. and create something that is new and hasn't been seen. It'll be interesting to see if it, like how how heavy they go into the hardcore, because they've never done that before. No. I'd like to see a broad Pokemon game that is open to new players, yeah. but has a lot of that hardcore feature for old players as so, well. So yeah, if you play a lot of online uh, battles, then this game seems like this is made for It'll you. definitely be interesting to see at next year's Pokemon Championships yeah. that everyone has to bring a Switch Everybody to use. will have to bring their Switch, yeah. Ooh, that'd be weird. But at least those, the, the cartridges, it still works like the DS did. You can just pop the cartridge in. What do you mean? They'll just download it. Have okay. a dedicated Switch <laughs> for dedicated Pokemon. Switch, maybe. 
or you buy the, the new cons, yeah. you buy the new Switch, the new Nintendo Switch, which is lighter and more powerful. So you're basically having portable. Yeah. Switch Lite. Just, yeah, Switch Lite. Yeah. Switch Pokemon Lite. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, but we uh, let's get off of Nintendo. We were all that for a little too long there. Yeah. Uh, but Microsoft um, says its new studios will quote focus on making games for our platform mm-hmm. with no further plans to release more Xbox exclusives okay. on PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch. Now this quote here has a little backstory to it. It does. Um, the most recently, Ori in the Blind Forest was confirmed for Switch, previously being an Xbox exclusive. So this got the internet talking about, hey, yeah. what else is going to be coming from the Xbox vault? Yeah, this has been a long road because on this very podcast we talked about previous in previous uh, months and years even, uh, there being this strong rumor that Microsoft was going to have this, uh, this better partnership with rivals such as Nintendo, and potentially that would include some games... That were former uh, exclusives to be coming in, coming over to other systems. This quote pretty much puts a kibosh on that. Like, this is Microsoft basically quelling the flames and being like, "Yeah, we did it a couple times, but don't think that this is going to become the new normal." Yeah, this was kind of uh, brought up when Microsoft said that, "Yeah, we'll work with the Switch and yeah. create shared servers for Fortnite and for Minecraft." Yeah. Uh, a little unrelated. A little unrelated, but, yeah. but, you know, kind of the same. Though, it's funny that this news hit. I didn't write this down, but this same week, Sony made the opposite claim. Yeah. Sony made an announcement basically saying that their uh, suite of first-party developer developers would uh, occasionally be allowed to make their games for other platforms, such as the PC. They never said Xbox. They just right. said PC. Um, in the future, and this has already begun. There is at least one um, Sony uh, published title that is currently uh, on the Epic Game Store. So this looks like something that they're experimenting with and kind of starting to do little by little. So don't be surprised if you see major Sony financed first person published first party published games on PC. Okay. Say um. maybe Death Stranding. Um, that's my. That's a very popular very theory. Very popular theory. It's a popular theory that they may get a PC, even though that's financially backed by Sony. You may see a PC. That is still a Kojima production, and Kojima being from Konami could literally like do it whatever happen. he wants. Could happen. Might not happen, but could happen. Could happen. But speaking of Sony, real quick, while they did mention that, they also mentioned that yes. we're gonna buy a studio. Yeah. And not just any studio. You were talking about Spider-Man? We were. Yeah, they, they bought Insomniac Games. Yes. So, brief backstory here. Yes. This uh, not the first time that Sony has a partnership with Insomniac. Back in the PS1 and PS2 eras, Insomniac only did PlayStation development. They were never purchased at the time by Sony. They were never an in-house Sony developer, but they were referred to as... A not as popular a term now, but a popular term back in the old days, a second party developer, which basically meant that they were a partner with Sony and only developed games for their systems. That changed in the 360 PS3 era. They experimented with putting out games on other platforms. Mm-hmm. 
going into even early Xbox One era with Sunset Overdrive, one of our favorites here at the Yes, Podcast. which uh, is no longer a thing, because <laughs> that IP is, who knows yeah. what's going on with that. But yeah, no, this confirms, though, that uh, Insomniac will no longer uh, presumably be doing uh, development for Xbox, uh, as they will be in a owned Sony property, just like Naughty Dog. Uh, yeah, uh, but this does mean that Sony gets access, yeah. sole access, to Spyro, to... Well, no, they don't own Spyro. Well, no, Insomniac does. But, but, no, Insomniac does not own the IP for Spyro. What? That is just like Crash Bandicoot. Universal. Those are both universal properties. Uh. Remember how Activision had the rights to make uh, the uh, Spyro in the Skylanders games? I thought that That's was... That's why. Uh. That had nothing to do with Insomniac. I thought that was, there was a reason they went away no. from calling it a Spyro no. game. Insomniac, of course, helped with the development of the remakes because they made those original games. Uh, okay. But no, they do not own the IP for Spyro the Dragon. Oh. Uh. Yes. But... Uh, in not uh, Ratchet and Clank, they do they own do. the IP for Ratchet and Clank, and uh, they do Resistance. Own the IP for Resistance, but we'll never see another Resistance. No, well, they said no. Then they said maybe we're not going to totally count it up, but but the important not. thing here is Spider Man. Yeah, Spider Man Two. <laughs> I really hope they just call it Spider Man Two, <laughs> Marvel Spider Man Two. I hope they call it Spider Man the Dark. Or something. Whatever Turn they, off the dark. Whatever they end up calling it, the second Spider-Man game is in development now, presumably. Presumably. Yeah. There you go. Uh, but there's other news. We're not done. Like I said, double bits here. Bits keep coming. The bits, bits keep, keep coming. coming. The bits keep coming. The bits keep coming. Bits keep coming. Bits keep coming. They don't stop coming. They don't stop coming. They don't stop coming. Moving back over to Microsoft, <laughs> real briefly. Uh, Gears Pop. You know, that mobile spin-off yeah, game, mobile game with for Gears, Gears of War? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it will be launching just ahead of Gears 5 out on August 22nd. So, just Wait, mere... that's yes, days. Days away. A day away? Yeah. A day away. A that's day tomorrow. Away. So get ready if you care at all about uh, Funko Pops and or Gears of War. Gears Probably Pop- both. Then check this out. Yeah, or mobile games. Also, check, I check. heard it has a thousand achievement points if you care about that kind of thing. Oh, people still care about achievement points. Some people must. Well, I don't. Know. I still care about platinum. Yeah, so trophies. So, yes. yeah, someone does. All right. All right. Uh, we still have more stuff. Actually, there's still more bits. Uh, Apple Arcade, and uh, and was a thing. Yeah, remember when we talked about Apple Arcade? Yeah, it came out at the same time as Google Stadia. Well, no, they announced it around the same time as Stadia. But, uh, yeah, it's the thing that's like a subscription fee for iPhone games. iPhone and iPad games. Uh, It's their Game Pass, essentially. Uh, Well, that will cost you just $5 a month. Uh, According to reports. According to reports when it's launched. Nothing official yet. Right, but chances are this is probably right. And that's, you know what, that's the right right number. I don't think you could uh, probably ask anybody to spend more than $5 a month on mobile games. I don't think so. I think this is a smart number. Uh, call it fifty bucks a year. You'll have the exact same concept. Uh, let's see. Uh, we also have Yakuza Three, Yakuza Four, and Yakuza Five. Yeah. Will be coming to Yakuza. the PlayStation Four <laughs> as part of the Yakuza Collection. <laughs> yes. This, uh, yes, a uh, 1080p you know, HD up- upgrade for 
uh, the PS3 era of the Yakuza, Yakuza games, yeah. I think. I think that's what these are. Yeah. Or PS3 games originally. So yeah, these are just upgrades of those, and they're in a one handy bundle. So those of you who have been playing the uh, remakes of 1 and 2, the Kiwami games, uh, this will pick up right where you left off. And lastly, our last bit of bits of news here. Yes. Uh, the Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. For Switch. Complete edition. Coming to the Switch on October 15th. Or as we, people are calling it, Switcher 3. Switcher 3. That's good. <laughs> yeah. uh, we knew this was happening. This was announced during E3. But we get a release date yes. of October 15th later this year. Hey! I hey. uh, hear, though, that, of course, as uh, being a Switch release... It has taken a major graphical hit and will not perform major as well hit. as it did on the other consoles. So, Fire Beware. I Beware, wouldn't expect it to. Yeah, Fire Beware, just in case, but yeah. Because uh, you're basically yeah. saying that, hey, the Switch is more powerful than when it was put on the PS3. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, no, it, that was a PS4 or game. one game. Yeah. yeah. You're saying that the Switch is as powerful as those. Which it, is, no, nah, it's, not, no, it's not. It's not. No. Uh, let's anyway. see here. Any other bits of video game news you That's want to the, I mean, really, besides that, it was a bunch of trailers, a bunch of gameplay was shown off of different assorted I, games. I noticed you don't have all the backlash that Apex Legends has been getting. No, because it's kind of reporting on um, those games that go on forever thing. Like, if we wanted to cover those beats, we would have to talk about it every week. Well, can we <laughs> mention that Apex Legends tried to get people to do a special like black iron bird wing helmet thing yeah and like cost more than like a hundred dollars just to get it if you I hit everything that perfectly to people who are playing Apex Legends a lot but not for a broad audience yeah, okay yeah um, other yeah. than that I believe NBA 2k no. whatever we're at 20 20 uh, yeah NBA live 2k 20 will be out this uh, it's out this week for early release. Next week, that I think. on EA Access? Yeah, out next week for um, the wider audience. Uh, cool. I've, I've seen some people start playing that on. Oh, well, yeah, and they announced online. a bunch. I saw they did announce uh, the new features that will be in NHL 19. Or, sorry, NHL 20. Yeah. The next hockey game. So. Yeah, sports games. Sports will continue games. to happen. Yep. Other than that, what do you think of Gamescom in general? I didn't really follow it much. It's hard to follow because the U.S. outlets don't do as much reporting on it. Right. So, yeah. Um, that's kind of why I gathered it like I did, was because it was like bits and pieces. Okay. All right, that's it. Uh, last thing, apparently, um, Cyberpunk 2077 may or may not have multiplayer. Yeah, it seems like they're in uh, investigating of like mode, kind of like Witcher's Gwent. That will be a multiplayer hook into it, but they're trying to figure out what that's going to be. Unknown. Yeah, we'll see. All right, uh, that will wrap us up. Okay, uh, we're, we're gonna we need to wrap up here. Yeah, this has been an extra big uh, two-hour show again, second two-hour show of the season, I think. Yeah. Uh, that'll be it for the Media Book Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Uh, if you like what you saw, please tune in to us when we go live on Wednesday nights. Go to YouTube.com. Search Media Boat Podcast. You can find our page. Please like, subscribe there. Click the bell to get notifications when we go live. We typically go live on Wednesday nights around 6.30 p.m. Pacific time. So tune in then. If you want to see hear us uh, just our voices, though, you can also have that in podcast form. 
We can, uh, can be found in most podcast services like Apple Podcasts. Just search Media Boat Podcast and you'll find our feed. You can also find us on social media. On Twitter, we're at MediaBoatCast. On Facebook, search Media Boat Podcast. You'll find our page. Like, comment there for feedback about the show. We appreciate it. If you want to give us other feedback or ask questions or just give comments or things, feedback about, like I said earlier, about stuff we haven't watched or seen or played, please email us at, G- at uh, uh, MediaBoatPodcast at gmail.com. We will check out that uh, any emails that are sent there, so please consider emailing us. Uh, you can help us with money, because it does cost money to host podcasts, by donating over at patreon.com slash mediaboat. As little as a dollar a month can uh, help us out greatly, and we'll uh, get you potential cool stuff down the road if you become a patron. So uh, keep that in mind and uh, consider donating today. Uh, last but not least, if we're playing video games such as uh, Mike's playthrough right now of Madden 20 with the face of the Sanchise. The Sanchise here. Uh, Mox Sanchez. on twitch.tv slash mediaboat. Go there if you want to watch us when we play video games live. Um, last bit of gaming news I want to say. Get your fantasy teams going. I have two yes. drafts this weekend. The start of the season is doing well. I mean, football is happening. Yeah, it is. Uh, but that will yeah. do it for us here. That will do it for us. So if you enjoyed what you uh, saw, please give us feedback, and we will see you next week. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll be back next week with even more thoughts on four potential albums next week. A lot week. of stuff. Uh, uh, too much stuff. All right. all right. Bye. Bye. Bye.